After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Hi, it's Mind Rolling, and I'm here with Trevor Oswald. This is a new friend I'm meeting. We have a lot of people in common, and Trevor goes by, uh, has a group. Is that what it would be? East Forest? Yeah, it's sort of turned, I suppose, more into a moniker that's an umbrella for experiences and music and all sorts of things, but yeah. yeah. East Forest is actually a translation of my last name from German. Oh, Wow. Oswald. Yeah. Oh. Oswald. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. So yeah. glad to have you here, Trevor. Yeah, me too. So uh, now Trevor uh, is a musician and does a, some really, really fabulous electronic music. And, and as it's called in the old uh, PR pack, shamanic electro pop, which is cool. <laughs> uh, but um, he has a... Uh, a deep undercurrent in all of the music that I've been listening to uh, that's very, very connected with uh, the places inside ourselves that uh, are more of the true places, shall we say. And so I'm really happy to have you here, and I'm happy to introduce to our audience some of the music uh, and uh, and just talk about um, how you approach it and so on. And uh, but I think I always like to do like right at the get go, so, you know, especially if you're talking about music, we need to play something for people. Sure. Right. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to play a track, uh, uh, at least most of the track from uh, a new release called Karen, C-A-R-N. You'll be able to everybody, you'll be able to get linked up on the mind rolling page on the show notes page. Uh, C-A-I-R-N. C-A-I. What did I say? C A R N, I think it's Kern. It sounds like it's the name Karen, but it's like Karen, like a stack of stones. Uh-huh. Yeah, like C A I R N. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but um, this is a, a new record. It just came out re- literally probably a month or so ago, and uh, this is a track that I love from the record called Tiny Choices. There's nowhere to go, no 
There you go. Tiny Choices from Cairn from East Forest. So, uh, Treb, let's just start a little bit uh, about just how you you came into all of this with th- this wonderful combination of uh, a devotion to conscious living and a devotion to really opening yourself up from inside out, as you mentioned, uh, in, mm-hmm. in, uh, that I've seen you talk. Uh, you do th- not just music, but you, you're also expressing yourself in other ways to connect with people around the spirit. But what, what do you think? What were your trigger points? I always ask this to everybody I meet on mind rolling. What were those trigger points that led you to understand there was a path? Just the sure. basic concept. Well, first, thanks for having me. And I just wanted to say that record, Karen, that's, that whole record was a collaboration with a friend and electronic producer named Keith Sweaty. So that is a, a collaborative record, and that was really fun mm. to work with him. But, um, yeah, it, it started for me when I was in New York City. I was there for 10 years in my 20s, kind of doing the, the typical chasing the fame game, uh, the money game as a lot of us do. And I was, I grew up in Oregon. I think I went out there to go as far as I could to find something different. And I was an actor, I was a photographer, musician, and I got pretty disillusioned after almost 10 years of diving into the acting world and Hollywood and all that stuff. And simultaneously, I was starting to discover uh, a lot of new spiritual practices and indigenous ceremonies and I was also getting really turned on by wilderness and nature. And I remember I'd drive like, I'd drive six hours to get up to the Adirondacks mm. just to get somewhere where there was wild land. And it was really starting to turn me on. And at the time, what I was connecting through there was a certain feeling, of course, but I, would, I wanted to find a way to sort of bring it back. And pictures didn't do it for me, but sound did. And I'd make field recordings. And I'd make field recordings of those ethereal moments where like we all have them where you hear like wind through leaves or a certain cricket. And it just opens up that sense of timelessness in you for a, a few moments. And I would make these recordings in these wilderness places, places that are still wild. And at the same time, as these things often happen in our lives, coincidentally, a lot of things were falling apart and projects and music. And so I started making music for myself to meditate to music to use as a tool to journey with and as i was doing this i had no commercial agenda with it it was really just for myself i started putting these field recordings into it Mm. and it was such a revelation because it was like bringing in the soul of a whole nother place it instantly had power and, and meaning to me and it felt like a collaboration with nature and i also put in recordings of people talking or my life and that dichotomy of city and nature Mm. so it it really went from there and it it became a tool something i was using to all my music uh, i i I try to have it sort of help engender an inner space and pushing you into that introspection and i'm really chasing a feeling and i think that feeling is that feeling of infiniteness that we feel that soul feeling that soul space and that's really what I need for myself in my life. And that's why I started doing this. And uh, it's wonderful that, you know, I can 
kind of create medicine for myself through the music and a practice and that that can be something that I can do on a day-to-day basis and share it with others. It's, it's a blessing. Yeah, I would say it's a good, good work if you can get it there. Yeah. That's yeah. What I say about myself all the time. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I'm happy uh, in, in that way. Cause you know, giving to people what it seems to be one big raison d'etre why we're here. So now what about plant medicine and what about psychedelics in, in your journey? Was that part of it? It was a big part. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, you know, I meet a lot of, I mean, you're in yeah. your thirties or something at this point. I, I just turned 40, yeah. 40. Oh, you're yeah. old utter cucker already. Forget about it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I do meet lots of people and, and the combination of coming into, you know, getting an idea of the path, consciousness, and w- wanting right. to come out of the uh, identity with the uh, mind, ego stuff. Uh, and, you know, just like back in the day, for us, uh, it that was a big opener. I mean, and I tell over and yes. over on the podcast, when I met Neem Karoli Baba, it w- I, I th- th- if I look back on it, I go, okay, that was good that I had an idea of what it was like to be out of the senses and the mind and, and know mm-hmm. that that wasn't reality. And yeah. uh, that helped a lot. So it, it, you know, but it's not necessary. We're not saying that everybody, but it's no, certainly... and it's not a panacea. Um, yeah, right. And it's not, but in my own path, I think what was so powerful about it was it being a felt experience. And before that I grew up, in a world that was very rational and intellectual with my father. My father was an atheist oh. and I really needed something to really show me by my own experience. There's nothing I could argue with. Right. And I had, as a lot of people do, I had an experience with uh, psilocybin when I was in college that was almost accidental and thank God it was positive, but a lot of people have traumatic experiences by being in the wrong set or setting. And, I had this positive experience, but I had no elders. I had no understanding of what happened. I had no sense of what it meant to even be in that that space above time. And I was chasing that for a long time. And I think when I started making the East Forest music, I was trying to use the music to figure out how I could get those sort of states of mind, um, however you get there, meditation or hiking in the forest or psychedelic, but more regularly. So I wanted it to kind of create a sonic architecture that would, you know, as I started studying sound healing, like what are we doing in a modern sense to train the brain and what are tools I can use? And then by going through indigenous ceremonies like ayahuasca or even Lakota sweat lodges where they're singing, they all use music, all of them. And so I was like, well, what's the common theme here? What are the techniques that have been used for thousands of years? And then you, you mash it up in your own creativity. And that was kind of the backbone of it. Yeah, it's funny that two of those records that you, I think I shared with you, Music to Die to and Music to Be Born to, which came out back in, I think, 2012 or something. Those are um, ceremonies. They're like from ceremonies. Hmm. I mean, they're they're seeped in the energy of of psilocybin and, and that sort of energy because that's sort of what my music birthed out of. And then recent things like Karen, the collaboration, I'm bringing in another artist, Keith Sweaty. So um, 
it's a little more upbeat and electronic, but I think the backbone is still there, that foundation of of introspection and and uh, heart space. Mm. It's funny, you know, you talk about psilocybin and the mushroom. We just had a retreat with Ram Dass and others, Jack Cornfield, Christian Dass, out in Maui in uh, the end of last year. Yeah. And the topic was around trust in the heart. And mm. uh, in fact, we have a wonderful course, everybody. I want to remind you coming up uh, in uh, make sure you're on ramdas.org mailing list. This is a, a little ad here in the middle of all this. Add track. away. Uh, and uh, you'll get it's a free course and it's around trust in the heart in, in very uncertain times. So it's Jack Cornfield, Trudy Goodman, Ramdas, Krishnas, me, Duncan Trussell weighs in. And, I love Duncan. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyhow, you'll get an email and you can join that. So, but in that, I asked, actually, I asked Duncan. I said, Duncan, so, because my whole thing has always been when I met Ramdas, I totally trusted him. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I just looked in his eyes and he gave full attention. Nobody ever gave me that kind of full on, like there's nobody in the universe except me. Yeah, it's a real gift. Yeah. And so from there, I met Neem Karoli Baba. So that trust turned into a, a broader, shall we say, more faith, you know, less mind and more completely intuitive. And uh, so Duncan says, well, you. I said, me? Yeah, I trust you. That's why I'm here. Right. You know, he went on this whole funny thing. Then I turned to Ramdas. I said, what about you? What What was the first real trust that you had he goes mushrooms yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you don't trust that experience that can be a challenge too well for him it, it it presented just like for you it presented reality you know it, that's a big catchword for a lot of different subtle things that happen and you talked about it being experiential you you know not no head trip whatsoever and for him he had that experience in whatever way it manifested for him, but he trusted that mm. the mushroom gave him that that was just uh, the universe speaking to him. And from there, his whole life, of course, changed radically. You know, so, yeah. Some of us, it takes a pretty stiff hit to <laughs> break out of our hypnotized lives. And that's definitely the case for me. I needed something strong in order to really show me I couldn't argue with the truth it, it was just it just was and the arguing was just suffering and then the acceptance was an explosion of my heart um it's like wow that must be this is what uh, nirvana is it's just like this moment to moment thing of in and out in and out and it's just always there it was a huge revelation for me huge mm. and you know listening to ram das and his talks and other elders like i mean terence mckenna these things it's really powerful for me um, to have people put it into words and to describe the things that you feel. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and that's something that's I find also with next generation people that there's uh, the way in which they connect with people who've been there before in a very open way is, is really a, 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 an optimistic thing considering the world we live in right now. Yeah. yeah. 
and those retreats like you're doing, um, I think that's a great opportunity to do it because at the end of the day, when you meet others who have sort of shared those experiences in their lives, there's nothing to say, right? It's just something you, you just look into each other's eyes and it's, there's an understanding of shared experience and it really has to be in person like that. I, I run, I have a couple of retreats that I do too. And yeah. it's for the same person just gathering. Um, I've been to where you guys do that retreat. I think oh, really? my, uh, yeah, my parents oh. took us out there and I was like, I know this spot. This is, <laughs> that's funny. This is where they do the retreats. Oh, I'm dying funny. to go. Oh, well, you should come. I, I, I'll make it a priority. Yeah. I'm dying yeah, to definitely. go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have to say, aside from the presence thing, and this is something to talk about, there's a way in which we do get caught uh, in so many rather subtle ways with our minds uh, and our emotions that uh, it it does take... Uh, it's very advantageous to have somebody who's been there before who's not struggling quite the same way. It's advantageous to hear their quote-unquote story of, of how they are not... Uh, at the mercy of many of the things that many of us are at on a day-to-day basis. Uh, For instance, just judging, the way that uh, judging goes on with all of us. I mean, you're judging everything. You know, you look at a person on the street, even it doesn't mean that it's mean-spirited, but you're meeting businessman, attractive person, uh, on and on and on, right? Mm-hmm. There's that constant self-talk going on. And as a result, many people uh, that, especially just newly on the path or are on the path in general, they start having um, negative reference to, their, to themselves uh, in terms of, I am a bad person because all I'm doing all day long is just projecting and uh, judging and so on. And someone like Jack Cornfield, I, I think of him because I love the way he responds to just this kind of uh, self-talk. And it's he's more about, it's okay. We're just human. We're human. Right. That's what we do. And he goes yeah. on from there. Yeah, how do you experience this in your own in your own life? And and obviously, if you're doing retreats, then you're dealing with people who have this going on all the time as well. Yeah, I mean, for myself, you know, it's we were we were talking about dogs before we started. Yeah. And what I love about having a dog is it reminds me of my own animal needs. Like I notice in my dog as a reflection of myself when when she doesn't get enough exercise or doesn't feel secure, you know, things start to fall apart a bit. And it's a it's a great reminder and it grounds me to have to take care of her needs to remind myself that, yeah, I'm an animal too, just like her. And I need to take care of my needs. And my brain is just connected to this whole system. You know, we have these levels of consciousness that start with just physical form up to like our ability to, to understand cosmic things and brotherly love. So for me, it's something that I take it, my mind at sometimes that mindfulness helps me have a grain of salt to remember that sometimes when things run away or sometimes when I'm feeling kind of dark in my thoughts and I can notice that I can attribute it sometimes to just simply being tired um, to, to give my cut myself some stress. If there's external, you know, factors that are at play, some kind of stress, uh, if there's adrenaline in my system. So 
it's less for me about turning it off and more about stepping just next to it and sort of loving those thoughts like I would a wounded child or something, mm. because that's sometimes what I feel like inside. But there's always that soul space, that awareness that's sort of holding it all. And there's that song, Gra Grandmother's Fear, we were talking about, and there's a line in it that says, I didn't transcend my ego. We became partners, we became teammates. And it was just a revelation I had in a in a ayahuasca ceremony about I wasn't trying to push my ego away. It was more like it has an important job for me to do. It was more that I'm just becoming a teammate with it in a sense. And <laughs> what that meant for me was some compassion for my own mind, some compassion mm. for who I identify have as moment to moment, because that is that is the most intimate relationship we have in life is the one with our mind more than any lover, more than any partner, more than any dog. It's always there with us. And it, it goes through some trials and tribulations to be sure. And I kind of gave up though, that idea of trying to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, just, it's just more of a noticing and an accepting and an allowing, you know, allowing something to move through versus trying to push it away. And boy, is it tough sometimes, mm, but. Mm, you know what they say? Ego can be a terrible master, but a wonderful servant. That's the, you know, the, uh, Ramdas maybe said it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great line. Yeah, and it's uh, and it has a lot, a lot of truth. Yeah, yeah. But what you're saying is exactly right in my mind. You got to cozy up to that stuff. You cannot push it away. Uh, we just did. Uh, hate to keep talking about ourselves so much in terms of everything we're doing here but I can't help doing it. a lot. Uh, we just did a course uh, around uh, transforming difficult emotions. And there was a lot of great advice around exactly uh, in a similar fashion about how to cozy up to, to this and, and love uh, embrace and love rather than, you know, shy away and just mm. continue the, the fear reactivity around this stuff. And, uh, uh, there's, uh, there's a great Tibetan practice, uh, and uh, we actually had one of the great um, practitioners of it, ch uh, Chode practice, uh, and uh, Lama Tsultram Alioni. Are you familiar with her? Not familiar, oh. but I think maybe okay, I've you, you guys yeah, check name. her out because it'd be good. I think also, it's something you could pick up for your work. I mean, you know, we're on a podcast now. <laughs> I'm giving you this kind of, of uh, referral, but. Uh, what she does in this practice, it's, it's an ancient practice, and it's very effective. She came out to Maui and did it uh, last year, about a year ago. And it's, uh, actually, she wrote a book, too, about it, uh, Feeding the Demons. Feeding oh, the I've Demon. heard of that book. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's an actual practice and going through step by step by step to, uh, to invite the those aspects of your mind those the negative emotions and thoughts invite them in one by one and and surround them and give them what they need and uh, ramdas actually he, he used to do this he never he probably didn't even know it existed when he came back from india first he'd say yeah no you have negative thoughts you know just well invite them in for a cup of tea 
Mm-hmm. Have your tea and then you can leave. You know, that kind of. So that is the feeling. And this is an extraordinarily important thing for everybody to learn how to relate with with uh, negative emotions and uh, and thoughts and so on. Uh, because uh, shying away, fearing, or trying to hit them over the head with a sledgehammer is, is not yeah. something that works very well. Yeah, there's that old idea of you know how would you speak to a friend and it's almost never the same way people often speak to themselves yeah and uh that's that's you know that's the basic tenet of cognitive behavioral therapy too is just kind of seeing those thoughts and replacing those with something more based in reality and kinder and yeah i know for like basic meditation when you first start um i've, I've worked with some young folks that are trying they're being you know how do we teach them meditation in an approachable way, they always think that they're doing it poorly because these thoughts keep coming back and so <laughs> yeah, forth. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you're the only one like, who does that, so you're really yeah, like a failure. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that. That is it. It's, you know, it's like you're. You know, and so uh, yeah, man. Compassion is such a big thing yeah. for yourself. Yeah. I mean, what a lesson to just learn over and over again, and what yeah. a powerful weapon for all that judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you just mentioned the song Grandmother Sphere, which is yeah. from your Love Bomb album. Let's let's listen to that since it seems apropos. Okay, here you go, Sounds everybody. Good. Grandmother's Sphere from East Forest. Wonderful, wonderful song, Trevor. Really wonderful. Um, tell me, uh, we haven't talked about. Now I know you. You do go out and perform. Never you teach sure. as well. 
and you, you're you're out. Uh, are you are you gonna are you gonna be out there in the near future? By the way, uh, which would be spring yeah, of 2018 I'm, here. Yeah, next upcoming is I'm performing at the Tree Fort Fest, and uh, they also have little forts inside that, like little. So there's yoga fort inside, and tree forts like the music festival, and there's film fort. Mm. So that's March 21st through 25th, and that's in Boise, Idaho. One of my favorite festivals, actually. Mm. Well. Um, uh, However, everybody you'll be able to see, we'll, we'll link in with uh, Trevor's uh, East Forest schedule. On... It's just eastforest.org. Yeah, yeah it's okay. very easy to find. Yeah, so you'll be able to, uh, to see every, you know, all the dates, even uh, if you listen to this past that particular date, there'll be other ones. So one of the, now, someone who I've been very close to uh, I'd like to. I know that you've uh, you have a friendship with him as well, Trevor Hall Rompriadas. Yeah. And uh, I don't even know. If, do you know that whole story with my my little brother who helps you out as well? How no, Trevor met no. Neem Karoli Baba? Oh uh, no! I just. I mean, I met Trevor this fall for the first time when we toured together. We did a. 30 city tour where I opened for him. It was just amazing. And so obviously doing that was really great way to get to know each other. We feel like brothers. Now we mm-hmm. have some strange like similarities. We both broke our left arms and have <laughs> the same three scars on our arms from oh, surgery. You know, funny. it's like, yeah. Oh. And of course we're both named Trevor, but yeah, right. <laughs> which I, I can say, I, I was getting pretty annoyed after two months of constantly hearing Trevor, Trevor, which is not a name I normally hear, and you always have to turn your head. Yeah. And then ninety-nine percent of the time, they weren't talking to me. But, Just uh, call him Rompria. That's what <laughs> no I. No one did. No, no one, did. no one else did, will. Yeah, because he's out there under his uh, his his uh, brand, Trevor Hall. Uh, but no, any, I don't know that story. Tell it to him. Well, me. briefly, uh, he went to school with with my brother Sam up in Idlewild, and. Yeah. Uh, uh, he they became friends and my brother had a picture of Neem Karoli Baba up in his room uh, but Trevor knew Rampriya Trevor uh, knew that my brother had an older father right second marriage or third whatever it was and so he thought oh that's his father but he, he was so attracted to the picture he, he finally one day had to say uh, is this your father and uh, and Trevor uh, and, and my brother Sam went, no, no, that's not my father. That's my family guru from India. And Neem Karoli Baba, well, Trevor, boom, that was it. Yeah, that no, moment, like, yeah, yeah. gone, right? And and then they yeah. started writing songs together, and a lot of his earlier materials had a, a lot about his experience with uh, Neem Karoli Baba. And, and yeah. I met him around that time, so I've known him since he's like 17 or whatever it is. And, oh, no kidding. Yeah, because of my brother. And uh, we've uh, remained uh, friends all these days. But um, he, I just find that you know, him and you, and I know, uh, isn't there somebody else, uh, Nacho? Nacho. Nacho. Yeah. Na- nachos. Yeah. <laughs> Nacho? <laughs> that's his, uh, his hip hop name, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Nacho. <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> don't tell him. Or, yeah. Nacho. Yeah. I don't yeah, know no. him, and I, nor do I really know his music, but I do know he's in the same uh, fabric of, of yeah. uh, soul 
uh, spirit mm. person, and 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 that all gets reflected through his music. So there seems to be quite a, a number of of people that are coming up at this point that um, to me are are very important. What do you what do you think that's all about with you guys? Mm. There's definitely well, part of it is that I think it was fostered in the festival culture that came up in the last decade or so that the, you know, quote unquote consciousness festivals, mm. kind of a West coast thing. So that definitely brought forth a style of music, but a lot of it was more electronic driven and, you know, Trevor and Nako and even myself, I do have a lot of electronic influences, but I play piano and I'm mostly using acoustic instruments. So, you know, I think it's just this heart centered music and for myself and I look around at the the folks doing it I think it's a symptom of the times hmm. like it's a it's a reaction to the energy of our culture the dominant North American culture and the stronger that gets and the crazier that gets and the more uh, the speed of everything increases it's like you, you have this opposite and equal reaction on the other side I mean the the music, you see it in the art, but you see it in the popularity of organic food or the yoga scene blowing up around the country or internationally. And I, I think it's connected. You know, what's really connected is to, to, you know, the end of the 60s, early 70s, when there's such similar sure. stuff going on, such oppression on level of wars and level. I mean, we had Nixon, now we, we have Trump, kind of a deal. And... Uh, so that has that created a something and certainly aside from you know there were many different move, social movements and but certainly on the spiritual there was a, a huge spiritual mu- movement at that time and uh i think that there's a real parallel to now i th- yeah i think it's still reverberating in a lot of ways um this is just another wave of it and hey i mean that was tough with the Controlled Substances Act. I think that was 1970, mm-hmm. where they just sort of gobbled up everything and threw it into a backwards controlled substances system. And, but that's starting to shift. Um, mm-hmm. See it with uh, cannabis becoming legal here and there. And I'm hoping that psilocybin is next. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it, there's, there's a push to get it on the ballot in California. But so I just see it, it's a matter of time. Yeah, well, and they are doing all these experiments. Rick Doblin, particularly, have done yeah, some Yeah, John Hopkins and NYU. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where they're, experiment, think. they're seeing how effective this is in so many different ways, from PTSD to very ill people to addiction and so on. So, to who knows what else, right? Yeah. yeah. And who I mean, knows so what else. Yeah. it deserves research and it deserves some attention because it's a tool we've been given. I So, I, I look forward to that. And I think. I know from anecdotal experience how powerful things like music can be when done intentionally and done right uh, in these settings that are very controlled. Well, I don't say controlled, but they're very intentional. Yeah. Um, it can really, really be a powerful, powerful, beautiful piece of spiritual medicine. Um, and I feel like we've barely scratched the surface with that stuff. Mm, yeah. How do you personally navigate you know, going out? And you have many aspects. And I know I've talked to Trevor Hall, yeah. Grand Prix, about this in terms of, of you've got a career, you've got to earn the daily bread, mm-hmm. uh, you've got demands from the commercial 
part of the whole enterprise from PR yeah. people to distribution to all of that how do yeah. you how do you manage to keep yourself in the right spot when you're out there uh, in public doing what you're doing I think having for me a morning ritual really helps mm. and and having certain things that she and, and that's sort of a whole systems approach for me so it involves it's a big part of its diet and nutrition and supplements like it, just knowing how what my brain needs uh, I, I happen to take things like 5-HTP in the winter and just kind of really paying attention to like the machine that I'm in we were talking about before taking care of those animal needs mm. so diet, exercise, sleep, those are all huge. It's like, I feel like I'm just swimming upstream if I don't get those things covered. Um, and then beyond that, uh, I have to balance my life with nourishment from things like having time off to, to go hiking and backpacking in nature, to have, to have inspiration. Um, it's really important that I'm just not unlike, the, I, I stopped using social media recently. Really? Um, I'm still like East forest is on social media, but I'm blessed enough to like have management help me with that. I send them stuff yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and they help put it up, but it was really pulling me down. And a good friend of mine, Court Johnson, who's the guy on the, the voice of 10 laws, he calls it information sickness. And I, I can feel that. I think we all feel that we're inundated with too much. And especially with the smartphone. I mean, it's incredible how that's changed the world so quickly. And all of us, right? From kids to adults, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. It's just, it's like we're in a weird movie. And when you're in New York City on the subway, it's, it's everyone yeah. is like, you know, it has their hand up to their face with earbuds on and yeah. you start to feel like a ghost. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it really so is. I, I, I pay attention to that in my own life. And I'm obviously, I'm someone who likes to build bridges between sort of the old and the new, the digital and the analog. And I like using technology in my work, but I like kind of balancing it out with the old ways too. And so I just try to stay mindful of how much time that stuff is. And as you get older, you start to learn what works for yourself, how do you nourish yourself and what do you need? Um, but certainly like when Trev and I were on the road, he was smart because it was his tour. He gave us two and a half weeks off in the middle. So we did three weeks and then we had time off and then we went back on the road and mm. he knew he needed that time to recharge. And um, he was right. I needed it too. Mm. We did a retreat in the middle there, uh, an East Forest retreat, but it was nourishing, right? Because you're connecting with community and you're not driving around and you're unplugged yeah and uh, yeah digital detox is definitely we it's all the new rage yeah <laughs> we all need to do it uh i'm i'm going to india uh shortly and uh i go there fairly often uh actually i was just there for about five months ago but i'm going there to work on a on a documentary and uh amongst other things and you know, it used to be, God, go to India. You are cut off now. Right. Forget about it. They've right. got cell towers everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so digital detox, you got to go further up into the Himalayas to get, yeah. to get that going. <laughs> you got to yeah. go further and further yeah, and further. Exactly, away. to the ends of the world. Um, but um, you, 
I, I don't know where I got this quote. I, it is from you, I am pretty sure. Uh, the quote is, work from inside, inside out to unlock our future. To me, that's a great quote, Trevor. I love that quote. And it is you, right? Uh, I think that's from that TED Talk thing I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 That's right. You did a wonderful TED Talk, too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I think that gets back to the core of the mission of East Forest is giving people tools and experiences to hopefully empower them to make the changes that they want to make. And you hope that makes this world a better place. And that's essentially, I really see the change that we want to see coming from the inside out. I don't think it's a top-down solution. I really don't, I don't believe that we're going to be saved from above in a sense. And uh, I, I do think this is an interesting point you bring up though, because this is a fine line these days between the, trap of narcissism of the self-help movement and while you're still recognizing that you need to do that work on yourself and it's paramount and it might be the most important thing first but you also need to stay connected to the suffering that is happening in this world and 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 action right and the choices you make really seem they matter and it's tough because I think the deeper you get into the inner states or even psychedelic states, you're sort of shown this message that none of it matters, but it all really matters, which is a paradox. Like we have destiny, but at the same time, we're making choices. It's like a Buddhist koan or something. And you're like, what does that mean? <laughs> and like, well, that, exactly. I don't know. It, but I, my heart tells me it's true yeah. that we our choices really matter. And like even the little neuron firing my brain with each thought creates some kind of ripple, like literally like that, that, that electrical firing, it's like a pebble into this cosmic ocean. And there's just infinite trillion numbers of these going in all directions and coming back in all directions. But it, it, it seems like it's a difficult thing to grapple with, but there, there is that, that, that truth that I really think it starts from the inside. Yeah. And that's why I've always wanted to, like, whether it's music or it's a, a talk or a retreat or maybe a book, it's just different doorways for people to walk into. And, and we're all kind of need continual inspiration. Hmm. I was told, and this is a, a, a key point, that paradox. It's all, yeah. uh, Maharaj used to say, it's all perfect. But he was coming yeah. from the non-dual place that we could never understand that. And so at the same time, and he once told Ramdas, because Ramdas asked about karma and grace are one, which is the same concept, right? Taking, karma and grace yeah, are one. Karma, the action, taking actions and grace, meaning it all is. It's completely written. It all is. And so Maharaji said, no, I can't talk about that in public when he said, is it true they're, they're one? Nope, can't talk about that. And then later he sent a message to Ramdas. Ramdas and I understand each other quite well. And and he took it to mean that they are. But he he didn't anyhow, I went many not that long ago, maybe eight years ago, to our Indian mother Siddhima, who just left us actually. And I told her that whole story and she came back and said to me and said, It is true. 
no human mind could ever understand. There is no understanding anything like that. That is being it. Yes. And so you need to take action. You need to act as if they are not the same. Because there's yes. no way that you could, you know, it's an intellectual, in other words, you're saying that's bullshit, just do what you got to do, love, serve, remember, which is the only teaching yeah. we ever got from Ninkaroli Baba, is is yeah. that, and you got to do that, in, and that means taking action, but at the same time, absolutely, working inside out means working on yourself and straightening your heart out, because if you can't do that, no matter what action you take, it's going to be bullshit, because it's going to be, have self-interest in it and judgment and anger and all of that so yeah it's it's a it's something to work on as you as you do take the actions that you do take that hopefully will be positive in this world it's like the operating system that is to you know to what it means to be human it just we can't compute outside that binary system in a sense or you, it just the machine doesn't work any other way and that seems to be why we're here. Like those are the boundary conditions of what it means to be incarnate. Yeah. But outside that, that's that heart space. That's that soul space. That's the mystery. But it's called the mystery for a reason because yeah. it's <laughs> that is what it will always be as yeah. long as we are in this box of the human flesh. Like dogs, right? They, they have their consciousness. They can't comprehend what our experience is. There must be other octaves above us that we just can't embody with our mind. Yeah. You only have to, you can only embody it through the mystic poetry or the art or the a feeling or you know chanting the name is is how I generally try and get straight with myself Sound. on the day. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah, speaking my language. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great to have you. Great to yeah, meet you. Yeah, it's really you, good to Joe. meet you. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the network and Thank you. I appreciate everything you guys are doing, and I've been uh, listening to Ramdas for many years, reading his words. And you know, my Neem Karoli Baba story is that you guys put out—I think it was through your network—that book, "Love Everyone." Yep, wonderful book. And I picked it up and I started reading it, and I started noticing that just by having those stories swimming around my head, he started coming into my life. I had no connection, really, no connection to him. Yes, and then. I think maybe in that book, there was a story about someone mentioning about having a picture of him and the power of that. So I was like, huh, went online, <laughs> picture, hit print, yeah. put it on my little altar. Yeah. And it's like, and then it was like, seriously alchemical. Like I could, his eyes, wow. And it just became like this really deep connection. And like, ever since then, it's been, he's been dancing into my life in these playful and really powerful ways. Uh, it's beautiful, man. And that came from that book. Wow. My yeah. uh, my first wife, who I was in India with, Maharaji, married her. She wrote that book, Parvati Marcus. So she edited it and put all the story. You know, she collected the story. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, that's our story of going to India and meeting him. And, and it's everybody's story because we went with the same exact so many stuff. Yeah. yeah, one way or the other that he just absolutely shattered everybody's mind and... You know, we needed that sledgehammer. Most people don't need it. And he does the same thing. And he has continued to do that for all these years since he left that body. Uh, just yeah. your story. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that yeah. story. One way well, or the other. Ram Dass call it a miracle. Those miracle stories he would sometimes tell. And they're yeah. almost like cheating. But yeah. sometimes we really need them to kind of yeah. 
especially in, in the Western world, to really convince us. In yeah. a sense. Like, well, think of us who actually were there sitting in front of this being. We were really fucked up. We had to go all the way there and get that right. Whereas people, bang, just just pick up, read a thing, have a dream, you know, anything, a picture. Yeah, uh, but come on, you guys being there in person, there's probably nothing that could replace that. I can't imagine. Well, but, I won't lie about that. Yeah, <laughs> but at the I'll same honest, time, I'd be lying if I didn't say I was jealous. I mean, that's yeah, quite an experience. Right. To yeah. have. Something yeah. we talk about with Duncan Trussell all the time. It's a five bet, man. Yeah, really. <laughs> He's great, man. Uh, well, thanks again, Trevor. I really appreciate it. I want to go out with uh, a, a song because I don't get a chance to do many uh, podcasts around music. So it's and since. As I said, that was that was a big thing and uh, has been in my life since the very beginning. And then, of course, I had this label in Los Angeles in the '90s and early 2000s. So, uh, so and there's one guy we haven't talked about, MC Yogi, who's your friend yeah. as well. And you guys did a yes. fabulous record that uh, I really love. And um, what is the name of that record? Ritual Mystical. It was in 2016. It was a collaborative record a release for mc yogi and it's pretty fun it's it's funny because like it's it really to me sounds like truly a bit of east forest and a bit of mc yogi it's mm. sort of like spacious hip-hop with some ambient ethereal elements and then yeah. mc yogi's got some it's cool yeah i mean it, it's really people cool. seem to like it back when we put it out so yeah no it's really cool and i'm i'm gonna play so there's one, as soon as I got to Neem Karoli Bob, but one thing he used to do all the time, he'd go like this. He wouldn't say, he'd just put his hand, and he'd say, Sabek, which in Hindi, all one. There's mm. only one, one, one. Every day, Sabek, all one. So guess what track I'm picking from this album? Probably the one called One Only yeah. Now Exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That fits with everything we're talking about. So we're going to go out with this. Thanks again, Trevor, for being here on Mind Rolling and BeHereNowNetwork.com. And you can go there and we'll give you all the links to everything that uh, East Forest is involved with and that Trevor does. And, um, you know, let's uh, let's continue this uh, dialogue. Yeah, okay. It's so great. Love you guys, and thank you so much for having me. All right, here you go. This is one, uh, which is uh, Trevor with uh, MC Yogi, and we'll see you all next week on Mind Rolling.
I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it.